When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Were super necessary. God, Eric, my God! Unbelievable! Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. Um, I'm happy to say we are joined by the lovely Gillian the Savage Robertson. Um, she is coming off a win at UFC 269, and it's it's great to have you. How, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, like you said, coming off the win, so I'm super excited about that. Just I'm ready to get back in there at this point. It's been too long. Yeah, what's it been like? 10 days or so, I think. That's too long for you. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, between these last two fights, it's been my longest layoff ever. I had nine months in between fights. And that's like, since I was 18 years old, I haven't had that long in between fights. So it was definitely a lot for me uh, to take that much time off. So I'm definitely, I, I'm ready to get back on the schedule I used to be on, where every two or three months get me in there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, so first of all, then, Julian, just uh, tell people how you got started in MMA. Uh, I don't really know what got me started. Essentially, uh, I uh, when I first when I was like 16 years old, for some reason, I told my dad I wanted to try cardio kickboxing. So I ended up starting at one of my local gyms around here, and it was just like me and a bunch of soccer moms, really, more than anything else. And um, yeah, I just, I started with that and it was actually at Dean Thomas's gym. He's still my coach to this day. So, uh, I started there. I started doing MMA classes after that and just kind of fell into it more and more. And what was it? American top team at that point? It, it was an American top team, uh, gym, but it was an affiliate gym. It was Dean's gym in, uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. So it was just a smaller ATT gym. And then eventually a couple of years down the road, I moved down to the big ATT gym. Right, okay. Yeah, because we, we were going to say you, you were with ATT from about, about 16. But um, how, how did that work exactly? Because obviously ATT is based in Florida. Were you still in Ontario at, at that point? Because if that was the case, that's one hell of a commute for you. Like. <laughs> no, at that point, uh, my parents had moved down to Florida when I was a kid. So I, I, I did school and everything in Florida. I did all my high school and middle school years in Florida, but just was born and raised a little bit in Canada. But most of my adult years <laughs> have been in Florida. So uh, I started training once we were already down here. 
Oh, okay, yeah. That's, that's good for you. At least you didn't have to travel yeah, that all that lot, way. <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> no three-hour flights for you every time you have to train. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, you mentioned Dean Thomas is still your coach at the moment to this day. Um, and you left ATT alongside him in 2020, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you've been training with him pretty much since the beginning of your journey in MMA. Uh, is he is he the most important person when you're in a training camp? Is he is he the sort of is he your, is he your head coach if you like? Uh, he's my only coach. He's a hundred percent everything to me when it comes to just my mentality walking into the cage. Like the things that we drill, how he goes through camp with me. Like nothing gets me more ready for that moment to walk into the cage, and even just the things he knows to say to me. Like. I feel like for every fight, it's different. And every fight, like what I need to hear is different. But he always knows the exact right thing to tell me just before I walk in the cage. Yeah, I um, I watched the video with you where you, you travel with them to see Wonderboy and, and Shaq. I mean, that that was to be a mad thing seeing Shaq, this huge fella. <laughs> that was to be mad for you. <laughs> Honestly, there's like he came, shot, came down to ATT once before too, and I feel like there's nothing like seeing him next to some of the heavyweights. So it's like next to like <laughs> Junior Dos Santos or next to Greg Hardy. They look so tiny. I'm like, they're massive human beings. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's like a superhuman being. His knees. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Shaft makes everything look small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously, you, for you, you fought some of the biggest names in the division since since its inception. You know, and you, you hold the records for correct me if I'm wrong, but most stoppages in the division, most submi- submissions, and most fights alongside Caitlin and Roxanne. So, <clears throat> how how long is it before you truly make the division yours? I think I just got to push those records a little bit farther. I feel like. Uh, like I said, I took nine months off in between these two fights. I really feel like I needed to kind of take a step back and just really look at what I needed to get uh, everything in line for me to be prepared to make a title run. And I feel like I'm really in that position now where we're really just refining everything. We've got my camp in the place where it needs to be. And uh, just mentally and physically, I feel like I'm ready to go on four or five fight win streak. And then really, uh, I'll be looking at Valentina across the cage for me. Of course, I'm looking like one, like, end of this year like two years down the road but we're yeah. uh, I, I feel like that's still the trajectory yeah yeah that's good I, I know you mentioned it in the in the conference as well but um yeah no that, that, that's good um so speaking of of Caitlin Chikagan you obviously you've competed in a uh, with against her in a grappling exhibition I believe and you managed to get the victory over her in that how much of an insight does that give you into her if you were to ever cross paths in MMA, obviously, especially with her being considered sort of the gatekeeper for the division? Uh, I honestly feel like that grappling match gives me minimal insight, uh, I guess, with her. Like, I had a grappling match with Jessica I, too, about a month ago, and I feel like that one almost gave me more insight than the one with Caitlin Chukagan, just on, on how it went, on how it played out. Because Caitlin walked out there, and she sat down, she pulled guard real uh, quick and it's like to get her in that position isn't going to be that simple in a fight necessarily she's going to be playing on the outside really uh moving around a lot it's going to be hard to take Caitlin down and hard to get that fight to exactly where I want it so I don't think that fight that matchup necessarily showed me as much with Jessica it's like I was able to go in there and take her down and choke her out and I feel like that's a uh, 
pretty clear like a, that's how an MMA fight's gonna go but with Caitlin and I we played a little bit more of a jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu match instead of an right. MMA jiu-jitsu match yeah and uh, you mentioned today obviously you, you choked you choked her out but you've got a thing we're calling them throat cuddles I know it's called the gentle art but you make it sound even more more gentle with throat cuddles where, where, where does that come from uh it was honestly it was just me and my friends just uh messing around and um we were saying oh yeah we're gonna uh like cuddle you to sleep you know just cuddle your throat until you fall asleep and make it nice and gentle so uh yeah it, it just came like that it, it, it i feel like it's more terrifying when you say it like that <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah um so another big name you fought then is is army for molly you know um after that fight, you two formed somewhat of a, a friendship and our years of training together and whatnot. Um, Molly's obviously recently been vocal about how after the fight she was affected by it mentally. I'm just wondering, like that, have you ever sort of suffered anything like that in, in competition, you know, any mental struggles or anything? Uh, I would say, yeah, honestly, my first real UFC, the, the first UFC loss I had against Myra Buena Silva and I feel like that one I definitely took since then I've learned to I feel like to deal with my losses better and I learned to channel things and even with my wins I don't like to dwell on them I don't like to think about my wins a couple weeks after I like to just get over it but um when I uh, fought Myra Buena Silva it was definitely uh I guess a little bit more of a struggle for me to understand I didn't feel like I was necessarily myself in that fight and I don't feel like it was she really beat Jillian I feel like I I like watching that fight just mentally I wasn't there at all 100% and it was just really hard for me to deal with but um the best piece of advice my coach ever gave me was when I lost to Macy Barber literally as I was walking out the cage he told me he's like it's over and I'm like I try I try to just think that like it's over there's nothing you can do about it just move forward and move on like that's all you got to keep on doing and then obviously good thing you can make good things happen from that point (laughs) yeah yeah so is that the advice you would give to others then who might be sort of struggling to sort of come to terms with the loss or it might have affected them in in other ways that the advice you would you would give yeah that's how I approach my wins and losses now and like after it's over it's over it's like there's nothing I can do about that moment and now we're gonna move forward and we're gonna think about the next fight like the second I walk out of the cage, we're already on to the next fight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What what's done's done. Let it be. You know, mm. move on to the next one and improve, sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously, obviously, you say as soon as you step out the cage, it's on to the next one. Do you obviously go back and and look at what went right and what went wrong in in your previous fights to see where you can improve? Oh yeah, of course. Wins and losses, both. I hate that uh, everybody's always like, you don't. Uh, you win or you learn. I feel like you should win and learn or you should lose and learn. No matter what, you yeah, should definitely. be learning. So off my win, like this last fight that I had against Priscilla Cachoeira, I'm going back and I'm looking at everything where I messed, every spot I messed up, everywhere I can correct and how we can move forward from it. Yeah. So that's, that, that's that elite mentality that you need to, to succeed in the mm-hmm. game. So it's a great mentality to have. Um, obviously, you mentioned it there, winning 269 against Priscilla. Um, <clears throat> it was a Beautiful rear naked choke, the way you transitioned into it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and with just a second left of the first round, must have been quite pleasing then not to let it get into the second. Did that go as you planned, or was there anything that surprised you? Uh, I guess that 
I kind of ideally went as I planned, uh, but sitting in the back locker room, my coach has asked me, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, I want to take her down. I want to choke her out. He's like, all right, go out there and do it. So, uh, I guess pretty much according to plan, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I felt just very, um, I guess it's hard to describe very aware in there where it's a lot of times, sometimes with the adrenaline, things go by a hundred miles an hour where I just felt like things really slowed down for me. And I was just, uh, everything went smoothly and I felt like making decisions was easy. And, uh, it was just, uh, yeah, it was a good comeback fight for me. So when, when you said they want to take it down and submit her, was that more something you visualized or just like, I just want to go in there and cuddle the throat? <laughs> it was more, it was what I knew would be my best route to get in and out of there as fast as possible. It'd be my best route to finishing her and we'd be in my safest route. Uh, just based on her past fights, she's fought Molly McCann and uh, Shauna Dobbs and Gina uh, Manzati. Like all three of those fights, she was able to either TKO those girls or with Molly, she just, she broke her orbital, did a lot of damage. So it was like to see that, to see the type of power that this girl has been capable of in her hands previously, it was just not really a risk that I wanted to take. And I, um, especially looking at her jujitsu in those fights, I knew that once it was on the ground, that it was going to be my world 100%. So I just knew that that was the uh, best right to victory. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously also notable in that finishing sequence, and I'm sure you've spoken about it numerous times since the event, is, is the image of Priscilla Pepsley sticking a finger into your eye. How difficult was it to, to maintain the choke while that was going on? Uh, I honestly feel like the media's made a bigger deal about that than I have. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm, for me, it wasn't even like I was thinking about like, oh, she's poking me in the eye. I was thinking, oh, I need to get my head. I need my head in my, uh, my head right next to her head to finish that choke. So that's all I was thinking about was I need my head over there. And every time she poked me in the eye, I was pushing my head back. So nice. I was like, no, I need to get my head into the place that it needs to be at or else I wasn't going to be able to finish the choke. And that might be also why she was able to hold on so long while she was in the choke because she was getting my head out of position. So was it almost you had to sort of push into a finger in a way to get your head closer? Or am I uh, thinking about that too much? No, I, I kind of pushed out, out a way and then tried to circle right, around okay. it. Yeah. I was going to say that's fucking, like, mentally, if you did that, like, just right through the finger, <laughs> just, just to choke it out. <laughs> no, I wasn't able to do all that, but, uh, I, like, I was, like I said, I was very aware in there, and you don't feel things like you would in real, like, things don't hurt the same way. So it's like, I felt I like at least her knuckle in my eye. Like I knew that her thumb was in my eye. So I was like, I wasn't trying to go towards it, but I knew that I, I still needed to get that choke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So did it help you knowing that the, the, the sort of choke was close? Like you knew, did you know the finish was close even when she had a finger in your eye? Did that just help you think, right, I've just got to finish this? When I was in the front headlock, the second I circled out, I knew I was going to finish it. Just the way I set up my choke, I knew that she wasn't going to see it coming. I knew she wasn't going to be able to defend it. So it's like the second I got to the front headlock position, I was like, oh, this is over. So uh, this, like, then I circled around, I got the choke in, and um, yeah, I knew it was going to be done long before it even finished. So it was, that was my only focus from that moment. 
And um, obviously, you got the choke as well without the, the hooks in. Uh, I've seen some fights before where you've done that, where you haven't had the hooks in. Is that just something you feel confident in? Is once you've got that, that arm under the neck and tied up, you, you feel confident that you can get it without those hooks? Oh, yeah. I don't think the hooks necessarily protect your throat. And I feel like that's such, like, a big stigma of traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, any, like, traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu school I'm going to, I, I go to, they tell me I'm doing it wrong. But I'm like, but it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as it works and you tap, you're happy Exactly. That. That's all that matters. So, uh, I'm like, I think it makes it that much easier, too, because so many times, like, you put your hooks in, and then people are already defending you, their throat. They expect it to come. They expect the choke. I'm like, I'm already choking you before you even think about it, before that's yeah. even a thought on your mind. So it's an element of surprise because they expect the hooks first and then the choke. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that Priscilla should still fight in the UFC if she's willing to, to do that? I mean, we obviously you said you didn't really notice it too much, Jordan fight, but if she's willing to do that, Jordan fight, who knows what? Or the level she could stoop to. Uh, I like. I don't. Know, I feel like cutting her is a bit extreme. But I also feel like at this level to be a UFC athlete and a professional fighter at this, uh, like, like to be a UFC fighter, like that's a bit of a civilian response, mm. you know. Like you would expect somebody who's never trained a day in their life. If I put them in a rear naked choke, that's going to be their defense because it's a fight or flight response. It's just that's them reacting. Yeah. So I'm assuming that was kind of like how she was. She was just reacting. So I'm like, if I just assume from a UFC fighter that you've been in that position a hundred times before. I've been in a hundred rear naked chokes before. I'm like, I've never had thought like, oh, I need to eye gouge someone. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, I, I just feel like that it shows her lack of training. For you, though, obviously, the fight of being on the receiving end of it, if you had to call for any sort of consequence, what, what would you be? I, I don't think you, you would ever be caught at all. Obviously, being a fighter yourself, you understand. But, you know, what would you say the sort of action should be against her, if, if anything? At this point, it's like, I, I feel like if the fight continued, say she didn't tap, then it's like, Either if I wasn't able to continue, obviously a DQ, but if I could continue, then probably take a point away from her. But I'm like, that's the only really like consequence I see necessarily. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily know how you should, like, if you should like penalize that in some way. Should, yeah. the, should, should the media be quiet about it now? And stop <laughs> asking about I, it. <laughs> honestly, I, it, it's the only thing that's upset me about that is I'm like, nobody's talking about my slippery naked choke. Everybody's talking about her poking me in the eye. <laughs> oh, we, we thought it was beautiful. As we mentioned there, the transition into it, everything it was, it was lovely to see. Yeah. So that's why you mentioned that first. And then I, I would say, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like it, it just took away so much from my victory that everybody just wanted to talk about her poking me in the eye, not talking about me choking her out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think as well, not only that, the focus again was on her with missing weight as well. So mm -hmm. I think even Joe Rogan said it on commentary when when it happened, she cheated by missing weight and then she's cheating by poking you, like gouging your eye. And it's like, 
it, it is, it's sort of discrediting all the hard work you put in in training and, and all the beautiful work you've done inside the, the cage to, to get the finish. So I agree, I think it is sort of discrediting yourself a little bit. Mm. Her missing weight is just putting an extra 30% of her purse in my pocket. <laughs> so I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> so a, a, a question I want to ask now, like off topic, but is, is Gillian Robson high, high right now? Because <laughs> I'm sure that extra fancy percent. It's not even you know. a question, honestly. <laughs> yeah, true, true. What, what, what do you sort of go to stuff? What, what do you prefer to 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 like smoking? Uh, I generally am usually like hitting dabs. I I feel like, but I, I'll mess with flat like. After training, to, I trained this morning, and after we smoked a joint with the tra- with the team, so uh, it like I'll miss a flower every once in a while, but it's mostly dabs or what I'm uh, or my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay then. So um, speaking of of that event two six nine, obviously slightly slightly bit off topic, but we've got to ask for you: what was your reaction to? Juliana Pena and the Amanda Nunes fight. Obviously, a big shock for the MMA world. Um, what was your reaction to it? I don't think anybody really expected it to go that way, like completely. But I knew that I, I expected Juliana to give Amanda issues just because of how tough she is. Like she's just like Juliana's a dog. Like she'll take a punch, keep on walking forward. She fights dirty. She fights kind of reckless, but is like. She can take a hit, so she's willing to, and she's willing to just keep on going. And um, I feel like we've seen it in the past where Amanda's gas tank, it's like it hasn't been the greatest or it's kind of looked like it's uh, fading a little bit. Like just again, obviously, like girls like Valentina, girls who are very tough. But um, just I I knew that Juliana being, if, if she could take Amanda's best hit and keep on walking forward, then it might do something. Like it might give Amanda issues, might give her problems. And I did not see it going that way a hundred percent, but I knew that it wasn't going to be completely Amanda's fight. Like everybody expected. So, so what do you think was the deciding factor? Then do you think it was the fact that Amanda, Amanda's cardio weren't the best or do you think it was the constant pressure of Juliana? I think it's a little bit of both. It's Amanda's cardio, but it's also the mentality behind I'm hitting you with everything I can and you're not going down when every girl in the past, like cyborg goes straight down when Amanda hits her with her right hand. But it's like, now this girl, Amanda's hitting her and she's still walking forward. And it's like, mentally that's hard to deal with even in those moments. It's like, all right, now I got to go to my plan B. It's like, do you have a plan B even at that point? Because you're just, her right hand is such a powerful weapon. It is such, it has done such damage in the past. So it's like, I, I feel like she just started mentally and physically breaking from that point. And if um, if a rematch was to happen, well, it probably will happen. How do you see it going second time around? I don't. I feel like that one's tough to say. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like it could go either way because Amanda is such a power, like a powerhouse. She is such a force to be reckoned with, and like you can count out that right hand. Like she mm. does put girls down with it. So. Um, I don't. I really wouldn't know how to call that a, a rematch. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, especially now that people have seen what Juliana can take, as you say. Have you, have you ever been in a in a similar position yourself where you're sort of hitting your opponent with everything you've got and they just still stood there and you're like, shit, what now? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, I guess for me, I, I can relate to that in a jujitsu kind of scenario where I actually, she used to be in the Hannah Cyphers. Mm. She uh, fought for the UFC and like the toughest girl I've ever fought. I remember sitting there and I had her in an arm bar for a good like three minutes. And I was like, why is this girl not tapping? <laughs> and like after the fight, she was walking around in a sling. So it's like she had her arm like all bandaged up and everything. So it's like, I know what, that it was hurting her, but I was, there was nothing I could do to make her tap. <laughs> Yeah, and it must be annoying because you know your calibre of jiu-jitsu as well. Guess, she's just she's being stubborn. <laughs> that, that's the, the only good thing about rear naked choke. That's why, honestly, I don't like going for arm bars as much as I like going for rear naked chokes now because you can't not tap to a rear naked choke. You're going <laughs> to yeah. go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, so you mentioned it a little bit before and obviously we, we did it ourselves. Post-fight, um, you mentioned... Like you said, this is you feel like this is your start to the run to the title. What feels different now as opposed to your previous wins? Um, I guess it's just where I'm at, really, uh, as a whole. Um, I kind of I started working with a sports psychologist, a life coach. Uh, really went back and just reformed my camp. So then now it's more about just me more than anything else. And uh, we're really I, I feel like I'm just on the right track. I've got my camp in the right place. Everything's just Really, I feel like even my skill set, just my striking, my uh, wrestling, my jujitsu, everything's coming together a lot better. I feel like a huge issue with my game before was I needed to get fights to the ground. Like I had to force it where it was like, all right, like everything was so rushed on feet. Like we have to get this fight to the ground. Where it's like this last fight, I'm like, any of my failed shots or where I didn't get to the, the fights to the ground, I wasn't like worried to be on my feet. It was like, all right, we're just going to shoot again. We'll take her down. And I know that it's my fight once we get there. So it's just, it wasn't, uh, I feel like not to have that like need or that rush to try to get to the ground has been such a huge improvement for me these last couple of months. Yeah. And uh, one thing I, I like about yourself as well that I've seen is you like to make the girls comfortable on the feet. And then when they're not thinking about it, you'll then take them down and give them a little throat cuddle uh, like that. <laughs> um, so another fighter working the way up alongside you is Sh- uh, Cheyenne Vlismas. Fl- I don't know if I'm saying it's exactly right, but obviously you fought each other in, in the amateurs, you know, with yourself getting the win there. Would a fight with her next make sense to you, given the improvement she's above made since that first fight? She actually... Uh... After this last fight, me and her went out and partied. (laughs) 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 But um, she's actually a 115er now, so just different weight classes. So, (laughs) yeah, it was was me who was, whenever I was uh, an amateur, I was like 18, 19 years old. So I was walking like 115, 117. And then once I was like 21, 22 years old, I started walking a little bit higher. So uh, oh, I, I had yeah. to move up to 125 <laughs> then. <laughs> All right. So you, you, you're, you're a mate now. You're a party rather than a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll just go out after fights together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if not Cheyenne next, who would you like to fight ideally? Um, It doesn't really matter to me, honestly. I'm Like I said, I feel like I'm on the right track to make a – five fight win streak move towards the title so I feel like whoever they put in front of me I will be ready for and I feel like with the UFC it doesn't really matter also what I say 
Like I can say, oh, I want this girl and get somebody completely different on my contract. <laughs> so um, I just got to be happy with what I get and uh, be ready for whatever comes. I, uh, is there a name you would ideally like to see? Because I, I know like, there's possible rematches in that that you could have as well, obviously with Ed and Blanchfield coming into it now as well. Is the a name that you, you would ideally like to see? Or again, are you not too bothered? Yeah, nothing specifically. I feel like there's a lot of girls who are good up and comers, a lot of girls who are already solidified themselves in the division who I would love to see myself with. It, it really, I, I'm indifferent about it. I just, I like to fight. And I, like I said, I feel like to know that you're the best in the world, you got to be able to beat anybody. So I can't be picky and say, yeah. oh, I want this girl. I want this girl. I have to be able to say yes to every single one. Yeah, definitely. Great attitude. Definitely, yeah. And um, so finally then, uh, what can we expect from the Savage in 2022? We can get that win streak going. I'm, I'm expecting at least four fights, hopefully. I'd like to get it started in February or March, hopefully be able to get a contract site assigned for then and get back in there and stay busy. Yeah, lovely. I love it. Love to see the activity. Absolutely. Well, we can't wait to see you again in there, and it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. I uh, hope you've had a lovely Christmas as well. Um, oh, thank you so much. I hope you guys had a great Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah all a lot of food, a lot of food, definitely. But no, we uh, we we can't wait to see you back in action next year, and um, no doubt we'll be seeing you across the cage from Valentina in no time. So, best of luck for next year, and uh, thank you again for taking the time out today. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Take care. <laughs> super necessary.